Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two nerdy parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare our experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between. Welcome to episode 6 on the quest of Brexit. So, hey, without ominous welcome, just want to say hello to another episode. Thank you so much for for coming back if you're coming back and welcome if you're listening to the first time i'm bruno and i have pedro here how you been doing man hey bruno yeah i'm perfectly fine i it's it's been strange it's this is episode six which means that by now we have recorded the first five episodes we have them ready and by the time that you're listening to these you would have listened to the first five episodes which we launched uh, all together and this is our first episode a week after um so it's quite exciting um for us to be recording this um and uh, and yeah so so i'm doing really well how are you uh, how are you bruno yeah, I'm doing fine, man. It's been a little bit tiring. Uh, the the parenting part has increased quite a bit. Oh yeah, um, how, how so? Yeah, well, I don't know how is your uh, baby doing, but Nim Nim is starting to be mobile. She's crawling everywhere. She's well, she struggled to crawl until recently, but now she can get it, and she's bolting everywhere she can. Like she can't sit still. She hates it. And she even likes to stand up. She she grabs things, mostly her fingers, but she doesn't like to be <laughs> sitting down. She's just bouncing everywhere. And it's funny because uh, my partner, she keeps putting her feet flat. She's like, no, 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 no tippy toes, flat on your feet, flat on your feet. But yeah, we're actually thinking about having to get uh, door gates soon because she's gonna be she's gonna be trouble in that regard yeah i mean we're, we're in a very very similar uh, situation uh, i think nico he's been he's been very active in terms of standing up for a while now but he hasn't really moved much especially not crawling but having said that uh in the past few days uh, probably in the last week he's been doing a lot of attempts at crawling so in the first couple of days he started like trying to crawl but essentially he was going back so he tried to go forwards and he went backwards um and recently uh, he has actually crawled a little bit so he has crawled but he isn't crawling if that makes sense so he's done it once or twice but he's not doing it consistently enough but he's almost 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 there and he's in exactly the same situation even though he's not crawling he absolutely hates standing still absolutely and you know they're, they're very close in age about three weeks difference and uh, so yeah about nine months old roughly between yeah, the, between the two I, of them um so yeah that that makes a lot of sense i completely understand what you said about going backwards because nim nim was the same she was like pushing herself up but the motion of pushing herself up with her arms was pushing her backwards. And right now exactly. she does this thing, it's hilarious, that she wants to stand up, but obviously she doesn't have the the strength of the lower back, I guess, to oh, put herself yeah. into a, an erect position. So she just has her hands in the in the floor along with her feet, and her little booty is in the air, like a like a yoga position. And you can tell that she wants to like straighten up. She just doesn't she hasn't figured out how to do it. Yeah, yeah, very similar to what uh, Nico is doing as well. So yeah, I mean, it seems like they are, um, yeah, they're very similar in that in that regard. So so yeah, uh, I mean, I I I anticipate that the next 
few weeks are going to be a little bit of trouble and we're also thinking about getting some gates as well especially at the top of the stairs and all of that uh, because top you never and bottom know. yeah basically and that yeah 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 even today i wanted to um i was i was with nico and i needed to go to the uh i need to go to the uh, toilet and uh, i just couldn't because i was like where am i going to live in like anywhere i leave him is just going like if i leave him on top of anything it's just going to be dangerous because he might fall hey, off man, because he, i don't know now i can't control it he's moving so much you change his nappy he can be sitting on the floor where you take a poop it's just fair you know yeah 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 exactly exactly uh, but really, that's really, really good to hear. Um, but as we were saying, this is, you know, our sixth episode. We have done our five first episodes. And I think it's fair to say, and this might seem a little bit crazy, but I think, like, we've learned a lot already about doing the podcast and about, you know, our, our schedules and what we, you know, how to edit these uh, and all of that. I think that I think that's fair to say. What's been your experience yeah, doing the first we're, five episodes? A better oiled machine. Uh, uh, we use the steam better. We're more efficient. Like, I edit these episodes myself. We don't have a team or anything, and I've been getting them out sooner. Like, I'm still nowhere near a real editor level, but I am getting them out sooner. And I think also that the the edits are getting a little bit more seamless. So yeah, or recording is getting better, or schedule is getting better. Uh, which also, in turn, might result in having shorter episodes. Uh, that also depends on the subject. And it's not going to be my much, but don't be weird out if all of a sudden you see an episode that is shorter than usual. It's just, it's the nature of things. It's, we're, we're more efficient. Exactly. Uh, so that might happen. If, for whatever reason, you're starting to notice it a lot and you're missing the longer format, let us know because we could chat for hours. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. We do, even though it's, it's just a conversation, it's not scripted, we do have like a small idea of what we're going to talk. But if you like a little bit the longer episodes, like the hour episodes, do let us know. It's not like we're experimenting with a shorter format. We don't even know if it's going to end up shorter. But we, we think it might happen because, again, we're just more efficient. Exactly. And, uh, you know, something that we have been talking about is that, uh, you know, so far, all of these five episodes, they've been very focused on our experiences and what we have been doing, how we got here. And that's on purpose. So we did want to tell the story of how we got to where we are before we start you know, exploring other topics, etc. But we, we, you know, the podcast will evolve to talk more about our kids, talk more about our experiences as fathers, because obviously it's about foreigners and fathers, and we've been focusing quite a lot on foreigners. But we do want to talk more about being fathers, etc. So this is this is this is what we're trying to do in terms of uh, our experience. And on that note, today is quite a topical episode. Yeah, exactly. I think. If you were to divide it as a, a book, because we were saying that this was kind of like our version of a digital memoir for kids. Yes. I mean, obviously, if we have any listeners, that will be cool, but that's not the goal, which I think also is the reason why it seems so seamless, because we're doing it just to have a chat between two guys. Exactly. And to have a log of our activities. But I think if you were to do it as a book, this episode maybe maybe it will be one or two in the future but this seems like a good episode to say that this was the prologue this is what happened before this is so that they know how is it that we got here and now we're gonna start okay so this is the father's part you know this is what led us here this are this is our foundation 
this is so that you understand what it means to be a foreign and why is it that for us our experience is not the same as people that were born here this is what makes us different uh, in terms of experiences and now this is what parenthood is like because if we just started with parenthood at the end of the day even though it's is very different per individual it's also something universal so it might not make the connection of wait why is it why do they think it's special or different well now you have the background as to yeah. why it might be different and no, that's why this episode is so important as well because it definitely marked a before and after in our lives and it and even if you don't want to think about it it will also mark uh, not as a before because they weren't here before but their life is going to be affected, even though it happened before they were born, by this episode's topic. Yeah, precisely. And, you know, it's not... When we set out the, the, the first episode, maybe, we were talking a little bit about what sort of topics we were going to cover or not cover. And, you know, trying to avoid any of the uh, usual uh, harder topics, which like, you know, politics and religion and all of that. Um, but I think that this one is definitely one where we kind of need to make a sort of exception in a way because Brexit is something that affected us massively. Um, as someone who is a foreigner living here, uh, we were both here when the, uh, when the Brexit vote um, happened and it marked a shift. It marked a shift not only, not only for us, it marked a shift for the UK, for Europe, uh, for, uh, you know, even in international politics. It's something that continues to affect uh, the continent and it has consequences even for, you know, the other events that are currently taking place. So what, what we'll try to do is rather than talk about what's right or what's wrong, you know, obviously we might be a little bit biased in terms of our opinion on Brexit and what it might mean. Uh, I think that anyone listening to this might expect us to be a little bit biased, but we, we rather than talking about what is wrong, what is right, uh, was, you know, what was it fair, was it not fair, what should have been done, I think we're going to talk more about how it affected us, how we viewed living in the UK, um, so, so that, you know, you kids can have the perspective of what it was like for us, or in our experience as foreigners, living in the UK. Yes, and you touch on a subject that I just want to, to reiterate, even though you just said it. We're not going to say that any of this is wrong. It's just, this is how it affected us. If we perceive something, because terms that are uh, not taboo, but hot topics might come out on this episode, and hot takes might come out on this episode. And some people might completely disagree with us with our opinion, and that is okay. We're not saying that our opinion is a fact. It's just it's how it factually affected us. Yeah. But a lot of it is perception. So what is reality for us might be might not be the case for others. And it's also true that perception is perceived by the person. So if we say that something happened this way, that just means that's how we perceived it. It doesn't mean that that was the intention in which it was created. So we're not saying any of this has any uh, weight on how it should have handled. We're just talking about what happens to us factually. If you don't agree with any of what we're saying, that's perfectly fine. It's not up to discussion either because we're not saying it was wrong or it was right. We're just telling what happened to our lives. So please don't take it 
as an attack on your beliefs if your beliefs are different than us. It's also we're not exaggerating. We're not trying to be sensationalistic. We're just talking about experience. Yeah, we're talking about the experience. I mean, we, we can tell how it was for us, you know, in terms of whether we felt it was right or whether we felt it was wrong. But as you were saying, you know, it, it, it's something that it's all about how it affected us. And it's absolutely exactly. fine. Exactly. There's no agenda behind it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I don't think that there is a single person listening to these or pretty much in the world who doesn't know what Brexit was because it had a lot of coverage. So the, the referendum vote for Brexit, uh, the uh, the UK's uh, exit from the European Union happened on the 23rd of June of 2016 and um, the vote to leave the EU won uh, from a vote of 52% yes against 48% no and it did have a, a, a turnout of 72% of the eligible voters uh, which I think it's not too low. I know that there are other countries where the turnout for votes is much lower. So two thirds of the population, over two thirds of the population, not not too shabby. Um, the uh, topics at hand uh, was uh, the key topic was the sovereignty of the UK. That was the main theme that I would consider it to be the main theme. Uh, however, I would add the caveat that even though that was the main theme in terms of uh, social media, in terms of the news, etc., I would say that probably different people had different uh, key topics for themselves. I know that some people were more uh, interested in the econ economic part of it, some people were more interested in the immigration part of it, and some people simply wanted sovereignty in terms of freedom to do, you know, what they want as a country. Um, well, I think it's fair to say that uh, there, during that time uh, before the vote and to some extent even after the vote, uh, there was a lot of misinformation about what it meant uh, to, you know, for the UK to uh, leave uh, the European Union. Uh, such talks such as, you know, people having to have certain sizes for bananas when importing bananas or exporting bananas, having the pass, you know, wanting to have a specific passport color, um, you know, that the famous buzz about sending money every week to the uh, to the European Union. Uh, some of it was misguided. Some of it was misinformed, some of it was on purpose, and uh, um, I'm going to have a hot topic now. Uh, later we found out that some of it was purposefully misguiding people by the same machine and by the same powers that are now uh, causing this issue with Ukraine as well. Um, so there were a lot of advantages on that side and that is extending and reaching a little bit further from this topic. That's just a side note, uh, but I wanted to have this hot topic on here. Um, so that is the context of what context, Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but just for no, context, in case it's not as famous as, as Brexit itself, uh, right now, where what Pedro said what's happening with Ukraine, right now there is uh, what I will personally call an invasion on Ukraine by Russia. It's a war. I don't know how history will record it, but that is how I'm seeing it right now. So that's Absolutely. what Pedro meant when he said some of the powers that are affecting what's happening. 
just in case anyone is listening in the future and it's not as well remembered as Brexit itself. Right now we're in the first year, more or less, of the, uh, on my perception again, uh, invasion of the Ukraine by Russia. I mean, that you were both pessimistic and optimistic in what you said, which is I find really, really funny. On the one hand, you said you were very optimistic because you were like, oh, in case in the future, if it's not that well known, uh, because I think it is actually going to be very well known for years to come. So I thought that part was optimistic. And then you said, and then you were pessimistic because you were like, this is the first year of the invasion, considering it started last month or a month or two months ago i mean month Scott? i don't know why i went with years sorry <laughs> i was trying to be so actually factual that i went complete i mean i know i'm bad with dates and that's a, a an inner joke by now but jeez no 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 yeah the first month. year of Imagine the invasion it was a year mate what Jesus. do you know no, what no. do you know <laughs> yeah, so exactly. are you in contact with someone <laughs> where are you from man? is your name really bruno <laughs> are you not here in witness protection <laughs> and yeah i'm being optimistic on that because i'm really hoping it will be get like solved sooner rather than later you know it's 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 we can only hope but hey that's another topic for another day indeed so yeah, there was a lot of misinformation. There was a lot of purposely giving out misinformation. Yeah. And there was a lot of honest misinformation. Yeah. And there were a lot of different reasons. There were also, this brought a lot of debate on what should be the age to vote. Like, why are you not letting people that are 16 that this is going to affect the, the rest of their life, but you are letting people that are. 60 which they're on their way out which i don't really agree with it i don't think 60 is your way out especially on this day and age but that was the discussion that was going on but now going into the actual conversation where were you when you got the news not that there was going to be a vote because that that lasted for months but the night that the results were in where were you yeah, so 23rd of June 2016, was where was I? So, uh, at the time, I was working in a restaurant, and the restaurant was in Guildford. And um, what I remember is, I remember waking up uh, to the news. So, I was in Guildford because I had to stay there um, some nights to work in the restaurant because I didn't live there. I lived in uh, in uh, Brighton, and uh, I remember waking up and uh, not, you know, finding it hard to believe because, you know, in all the talk that we were having about Brexit, and I think it, this is fair to say, most people, including the people that voted for Brexit, I think most people didn't actually expect it to to be a yes vote. Um, and, but that's, you know, that's a funny thing with democracies and, uh, you know, with with the votes being secret and everything is that sometimes you have these kind of surprises. Uh, but I remember being absolutely shocked. I really wasn't expecting it. Um, and uh, what I remember as well is that I had an interview uh, the day after the vote. I had an interview for uh, the uh, f to work for a different company, which is the company that I'm working in now. Uh, so I remember, I remember it because it was like part of. I remember 
being in the interview and one of the people interviewing me was actually as well from the European Union and she was very frustrated with the vote and I remember being there and I now associate my interview for my current um, company with Brexit because it happened the day after. Oh wow! Where, 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 what about you? Where were you? Because I know that you weren't in the company that we are both working in at the moment. So where were you? I was in my first job here, and I would like to say that I was surprised, Wait, but because, I wasn't. Because you were in your first job getting here, because you actually uh, got here about two months before the vote happened, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like to say that I dodged two bullets, because I went, and that is actually going to touch with why I wasn't surprised. I moved out to Mexico just before Trump got into power in the States. Yeah. And I moved here just... Oh, no, sorry. I got out of Mexico. I don't remember if it's just before or just after Trump. And I got here just before uh, Brexit happened. So I, I like to say dodge two birds with one flight. And, but yeah, that's, that's why I wasn't in disbelief. I was disappointed and shocked, but not in disbelief. Because everyone thought the same about Trump. It's like, there's no way that guy's going to win. That, I remember that was this lady who kept saying Trump is going to win, Trump is going to win. Uh, I forgot her name, but she's a very polarizing political figure in the state. And everyone and their moms were mocking her because of that. And then, lo and behold, Trump uh, won. The same happened with Brexit. Everyone was like, oh, there's no way. And I think that contributed to the fact that it passed. Because a lot of people that didn't want it, they didn't saw it as a real threat. So they just didn't vote. They were like, nah, there's no way. I'm not. There's no reason for me to actually go out and vote and poop. So I was on a bus going to work and I remember looking at the news in my cell phone and the first news that I saw is like, Brexit didn't pass. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I'm safe. Then I get on the bus and I pick one of the newspapers from the, oh no, actually that was the day before, sorry. It could be going at night. They were like tallying the votes and the prediction was that it wasn't gonna pass. And I'm like, oh, oof pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to pass, but I'm happy it didn't. And then I wake up the next day, get the bus, and in Brighton, some buses have, like, stacks of free newspaper. And yeah, yeah. They had, like, front and center, big, like, fonts covering the whole front screen. Brexit. It's a yes. And my heart just sunk. My stomach was like... Yeah. <gasps> yeah, I was proper scared. Yeah, no, that was a similar experience uh, that I had as well. I could just feel like my heart tightening. I was just like, no way. But you were saying that, but the Brexit vote was before uh, Trump got elected. Okay, there we go. So that's thank you for, for that tidbit of information. But yeah, so I got here before Brexit and before Trump. But then if it wasn't for Trump, I still knew because I come from Mexico and the... I tend to be pessimistic when it comes to votes. Oh, yeah, no, fair enough. Fair a enough. lot of people argue that it's cor corruption, and I I agree. <laughs> but that still doesn't mean that I I tend to know what it... Like, I don't know, it's just... 
I knew it was... I, I'm a pessimistic when it comes to votes. No, no, no. Basically. I mean, fair enough. And you're clearly well-connected because you know that this is the first year of uh, the invasion. Exactly. So you, you know, you're clearly... Yeah, you have a lot of connections. So you knew that he was yeah. going to win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Also, I, I just been informed that my funeral is next week. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be coming. <laughs> um... Uh. So, so you, you talked about it a little bit, but what was like your first emotion, first reaction? Obviously, you know, shock and your heart, you know, sinking in. But like when you've had a few hours to think about it, a few weeks, a few days. So what were your first emotions, your first reactions? What did you think about? Well, first and foremost, I remember that my as soon as I got to work, uh, there was a lady from HR saying, we know it happened, we will keep you updated, blah, blah, blah. And I asked, like, what, what's going on? Like, do, are we gonna... And she's like, I'm Irish. I'm on the same boat as you. I literally don't know. It just happened, but we will let you know. <laughs> but everyone was panicking, like, what the hell is gonna happen? Um, so, yeah, there's that. And I, in regards to how I felt a few days after, once it, the shock wore away... I felt a certain disdain and also a certain feeling of betrayal because I had a lot of friends who were my friends and who in Brighton there's a lot of international community well in England in general which is technically a, in some people point of view part of the problem so I was surprised and betrayed that the majority of my acquaintances didn't bother to vote they, they oh, yeah. or either they didn't bother or they they were like on the fence on the issue and again they have all the rights to be on the fence they have a perspective that i don't as an english person that has been living here their, their whole life and they probably had a reason why they were on the fence but in that moment the feelings were still raw and i was like really you have a lot of immigrants friends that their life is now at jeopardy which now, in the future, I know that it isn't as bad as I was imagining it, but still, I was like, and you didn't bother to go out and make sure that we could stay here? Like, is our, is our friendship and our livelihood that, that, like, not important? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely know what you mean, especially because I felt exactly the same, the same way, you know? There's a certain sense of betrayal um, that comes with it, which is like... Uh, Okay, so 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 a sense of betrayal, a sense of not being wanted here, not being welcome here, which it also clashed a little bit with my experience because I had always felt okay here. I had always felt that I, I was, uh, you know, feeling welcomed, feeling uh, that I belonged, that I could make my life here, and suddenly to have that thrown into question and having that in doubt, it really, really threw me off you know what i mean so it's it, it was the f i would say it was the first time since i had moved here in 2012 it was the first time that i didn't want to be here it was the first time where i was like is this actually the right place for me but to be honest it's kind of what you said maybe that is what they wanted they wanted people to leave and they wanted people to think like that especially some of those whereas the uh, where the main topic was immigration and those that actually had like some 
xenophobic or racist uh, uh, motivation behind their vote. That is what they wanted. So what, what, what got me through that a little bit was thinking that actually in Brighton... So two things. First of all, in Brighton there was a lot of people voting to remain in the EU. So I felt like, okay, well, my neighbours did want to stay in the EU, number one. And number two was trying to split the difference between people wanting Brexit when it had to do with sovereignty and economical aspects rather than the immigration aspects. Uh, because I think we, we, we mentioned this uh, uh, before, but I've never had like a, an over overly negative experience living here of not feeling wanted or not feeling okay. Um, so I had to kind of distance myself from that. I think that's also what gave me a false sense of security, that I was in Brighton. I was like, oh, there's no way this... I mean, in my heart of hearts, I knew. I was like, oh, there's no way this is going to pass. Look at yeah. everyone. I remember seeing a lot of teenagers that weren't able to vote, sadly, with, like, like cardboards walking down the street saying, remain, remain, and everything. So I was hopefully optimistic, saying, nah, nah, nah. And then when it happened, I was just like, oh, wow. And... Also, I started noticing a lot of more subtle racism. Again, I'm not saying this intentional. I'm not trying to accuse anybody. This is what I perceive. But I, I have this one in specific that I remember I was in the office, not where we currently work, but again, my first job. And I was, I was voicing my concerns, right? And I was understandably but maybe not appropriately angry i think it was still very raw and again because everyone yeah. there told me oh i just didn't bother voting I, I either i don't i didn't know what to do and that that kind of indifference for me was like really you didn't know what to do you are conflicted as to what is the best course of action really bad on my part to try to impose my way of thinking on others but at that moment it was again very raw so i felt betrayed exactly. and i was like now what if i get kicked out and one person was like, oh, no, you speak perfect English. You, you're basically a, a British person now. We adopted you. And I know they were saying it in a compliment. Yeah, in, they were that, saying it in just, good faith. But yeah. yeah, but I just noticed there is racist as all hell. So you're yeah. basically saying that you wanted to get out so that people that struggle with the language are not here. And you're basically also saying that I'm allowed to stay because I'm adopted British. But if I were an adopted British, I have no right of being in your country. Okay, I get it. You know, I started noticing a lot more of that. And it re sadly reminded me of the situations that Mexicans experience in the States. I never lived in the States, but I, I'm just gonna try to also put a little bit of humor now because it's getting a little bit heavy. But there's this meme of an American family saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the fruit. And oh, there's yeah. a lot of Mexican guys named Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So at the bottom, there's just a guy picking up fruit saying, de nada, yeah, which yeah. means like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I just felt the same that everyone was talking about in my, what I heard is that everyone was basically saying, I voted Brexit because I'm tired of Polish people taking like super low class jobs and I want those jobs to go to British people. I'm like, do you want to work like that? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, then why do you want, like, why is it that it's not okay for that Polish guy to get it? It's like, because 
I'm tired of homelessness, and if those jobs were available, there wouldn't be any homelessness. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go into that whole topic with you, but nice to know why is it that you wanted Brexit. So I started noticing a lot more subtle racisms uh, that I didn't notice before, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, 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 I mean, I didn't notice it as much, but I had, I was uh, fortuitous enough that I was actually already working in this company, and I think it's fair to say that because this, our, the company that we work for is an international company, um, you know, there's a lot of people that come from the outside, so, so from other countries, from outside the UK, I mean, and uh, I think it's fair to say that it was a lot more accepting, both in terms of the British people working there because they had a lot of contact with uh, foreigners and also because of the foreigners that were living there so i was you know i was lucky enough with that and uh, um yeah th that's what i remember um but i actually you know when that happened i actually did look into moving to a different country at the time i remember exploring that possibility because it was so jarring it's kind of what you said uh, things seemed a lot worse than they actually were than they actually ended up happening and uh, everything was still very raw and i was like oh screw these i you know i want to get out i'm going i'm going to a different place and um and yeah i remember just looking at what I was going to do, looking at other countries, and you know, there was a lot of people that have left, uh, whether that was because of Brexit, whether that was because of the pandemic. I think, like, between like in 2020, um, it was uh, from 2020 to now or something, I saw that 200,000 EU nationals uh, left. Uh, the uh, left the UK, but this was also because of the pandemic, so it's hard to say it was because of Brexit. But yeah, a lot of different factors. Um, uh, so so yeah, that that's that's. But that's another that's difference between you and me. For example, you were now questioning: Do I want to stay here? Do I feel welcome? Because you had already been here for a while. I literally just had arrived like a month or two prior. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I'm thinking: I don't want to do this all over again. I'm just starting to feel comfortable here. And now I'm gonna have to do that again in a different place. Like I, I don't want to do that. I want, I wanted this to be my home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. another adult difference. But so that's how we perceived it. That's how he, we felt that it happens. But in the long run, uh, have you? How has this affected you, both in terms of life and personally? Like, have you ever felt? that there's more open discrimination against you or yours now that we're living a prospect uh, Brexit era? No, to be quite honest, I don't. It might be because, as you said, I'm the good type of immigrant because, you know, I assimilated a lot into the culture and I speak a good degree of English, etc. So I haven't experienced like any racism that I've noticed nothing outward at least I, I you know probably I've come across people who, who, who thought oh you know this foreigner guy and uh, he should leave etc but I've never seen it uh, outwardly mentioned um, but how has it affected me other than that I mean 
it's been over the years, especially since, because the vote was in 2016, but I think the UK left in like 2020, at the start of 2020, and uh, um, over the years there's been different ways to uh, that I have been affected. Like, one of them has to do with difficulties in seeing family. As an immigrant, I uh, have family uh, over back in uh, Portugal. I don't have a lot of family here. I do, but uh, not that much. Um, and uh, I had to take planes. I had to move out of the country or my, you know, my parents and uh, my siblings, they had to come here to visit me. And uh, now, for example, they can't use their national ID, so they need to get passports. Having to get passports does incur a cost. It's not a massive cost and it's they last for a few years, but it's still an inconvenience to have to get it. Um, it also made me nervous about my status living here, you know, uh, before they, the government came out with the settled status, as uh, as you were saying, it was kind of like, okay, but are they going to kick us out? What is the criteria going to be? I would say that there were about, probably about a year or two of uncertainty about what they were going to do with the EU nationals actually living here, because yeah. they, they, they may want to say everything that they want about, oh, you know, we'll keep you here, etc. But at the end of the day, until they actually put some measures in place, you don't actually know what they're going to do, isn't it? And it was just the tail end of the whole, uh, I forgot the name, but the, the Windrush, there we go, the whole Windrush scandal. So that didn't help, that just triggered the paranoia to the max. For those who don't know, the Windrush calendar is a whole generation of people that were brought over from Jamaica with the promise that they will be nationals just to find out years later that that never came to fruition and now they needed to go back deported because they weren't actually citizens. So that was our thing that happened parallel to Brexit. So I was like, oh, like on the on the words of Winnie the Pooh, oh, bother. Like, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. There was that sense of uncertainty about not knowing what would happen. And, you know, this was still before either of us got a family. But it's like, what what happens to my kids? Like, what happens uh, uh, with uh, my wife? All of that. Like, what are my rights going to be like? Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a different sense of uncertainty. And, you know, it started getting harder to get some of the goods in i still see some people like importing different uh, items such as board games and having to pay a lot in customs um i see you know the the, the pound dropped uh, which mean which meant dropped quite a lot at the time uh, which meant that going home i didn't have as much purchasing power which you know it's a bit of a privileged thing to, to be saying but no i get it, is... it i get it i was sending money to mexico so i definitely felt it <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, just generally like longer queues at the airport because you can't go through the normal means so you have to go through a different place um so not like a terrible great deal and i'm talking about things that impacted me more greatly there's other things in terms of brexit like getting some goods into the supermarkets etc etc but those were the things where i felt a little bit more personally i would say um and uh, how, how has it impacted you more or less similar what are the differences how, how has well, it impacted you again personally speaking not that much but i have noticed again that people tend to forget that i'm a eu citizen either because physically you cannot tell us apart so if i'm quiet they just think i'm a, a slightly tanner british person or if i am speaking because i identify myself as a mexican not as a spanish they kind of don't assume that i'm spanish or they forget even though they know stuff like that 
you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, because of that, I have noticed a lot more comments that they probably wouldn't say if they knew I was there. Or the same thing, again, that happened with Trump. They probably wouldn't say it if they didn't know that the whole country was, or not the whole country, but the majority of the country was uh, backing them up. Like things that were to be frowned upon, now they're said out in the open. So I have noticed that a lot. Now, personally speaking, it hasn't affected me much because I don't travel. And luckily, I'm in a company that didn't make that much of a fuss, like you're saying. But for example, my niece, my second niece, now won't, she won't be able to come. That's it, because she didn't get in before. So even though she has the Spanish passport, she won't be able to move here unless you go through the whole visa process, which basically you need to be a doctor and earn a fortune in order to be able to do it. Yeah. And, and I don't know, how, but travel again, I'm, I'm not thinking of saving money to basically get a British passport because going to customs, as you said, it's a whole ordeal. So it, it has been similar to you in that regard. Uh, it hasn't affected me much personally, but it does, for example, now that I'm in the process of remortgaging, it makes it more like, okay, I need your settle number. Oh, that didn't stop. Can you send it again? And I live in constant fear that the page will go down and they won't be able to check it. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I mean, I think that those are the ways it has, has affected us. I think it's fair to say that um, it probably didn't affect us, or uh, at least not me directly, as much as I initially thought. But just the fear just the possibility of what they could be doing and how it could affect us that was pretty scary at the time that that, that was still uh, um, uh, pre pretty scary so there's definitely yeah. a lot of consequences for it and i'll be honest with you i'll, I'll have another hot take right i'll have another hot take uh, which is something that you might find a little bit strange but i, I think that you will get it like i i understand Brexit. Like, I don't agree with it. I would have voted to remain uh, uh, in, in the EU had I been given a chance. Uh, I would have voted to remain in the EU. But I understand it. Like, especially oh, when you see when you see some stuff that the EU does and the way... I agree. Like, and, and having the sovereignty of the countries removed and, uh, you know, want, you know some, some of people in the EU or some countries in the EU want to become more of a federation and there's no, a talk I... about the army. And there are some good things about not being in the EU. Like the UK was able to take uh, quicker and faster and, and stronger action now on the conflict of Ukraine because they weren't tethered to, to the European Union. And there's, there's like some advantages to it but um but yeah it's just that overall uh, here's what i think right i think that even if you disagree with the pro with the process or with the system that you're in i think that for the uk it would have been more beneficial to try to still be there because all it happens is that the eu is still going but now they won't have that that uh, country in sight that is actually vetoing and is actually uh, putting their foot down and saying no the eu shouldn't be doing this so all they've done is they isolated themselves and now the eu will continue they will probably go further into federation and the U the UK won't be there to stop it, so it's going to be left behind. Um, so I still think that it would have been better to remain. But I do get it. I, I do get 
some of it. Not the immigration part, but yeah. Mm? I mean, your hot take. I agree with your hot take completely. Besides, understanding doesn't, like you well said, doesn't mean agreeing. I yeah. understand it on different levels. For example, and again, this is just opinion. I know I keep hammering it, but I don't want to be taken out of context. I understand that some people voted for racism. I don't agree with it, but I understand why they do it. They're racist, so they went out. Okay, that's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I understand that some people uh, vote out of misinformation for not saying ignorance, because I don't want to be ag uh, aggressive. But they were told, uh, uh, as like, lies. There's no, I mean, you can say it however you want to say it, but objectively, they were told lies, and they believed yeah. them. I'm not saying it's because they were dumb or whatever. They just trusted the people in power, which is what you're supposed to do. And turns out that a lot of the things that we were told weren't uh, factual. And so if you understand them and you believe them, why not vote that way? So I also understand that. And I also understand the disagreement with the EU. My The politician that I was backing at the time was Corbyn. Corbyn has been a separatist for ages, which was, was of the problem. It was also what led Labour to not have a strong enough hold on their Remain vote. That That's true, the yeah. The leader at the time, Corbyn, couldn't properly in good conscience say, no, yeah, let's vote Remain, because he never liked the EU for all the reasons that you have said. Exactly. Uh, so it was really hard for him to say, let's Remain, because he didn't like it. But he, in his perception, the reasons for leave were wrong, and also the way of doing it was wrong, and the cons outweighed it, I mean, the pros outweighed the cons. So that's why he voted, or he campaigned for Remain. Well, but I, I'm on the same boat. I don't agree with everything the EU does. Just as I've always been against NATO. NATO has a lot of heavy baggage. NATO has a lot of debts in their back. That doesn't mean that I'm supporting Russia right now. But I, I NATO is not a saint. The same thing happens here. So I definitely understand why people will run out. Especially in a country that wasn't part of i remember you mentioned it in one of the the beginning of the the podcast the episode the countries that were very poor when they joined the eu and they helped the user connection of the eu to stabilize themselves if you don't if you're not very involved in politics and you don't understand how that balancing organism works you're just gonna see okay i'm a rich country this poor country enters an agreement with me. I didn't gain anything from it, which is what is wrong, because we did gain something on it, but it wasn't advertised. And all of a sudden, they're no longer that poor. That means that they're taking my money. I don't want that. So I definitely understand yeah. why some people will vote that way. And as far as where do I think it's going to go, I mean, we're definitely going to have less workforce because people are leaving more and more and more. Expats in the other countries are going to be discriminated badly. If we think as Europeans we're treated bad right now, I cannot even imagine what an expat in Spain or Italy must be right now. Especially because British people have a reputation of being bad expats, you know? So I don't know how I actually, they're being treated I actually right don't, now. I actually don't think... I actually don't think that they will be treated poorly precisely for the reason that you are saying. I think that English people already have a, a poor reputation when they are expats. And I think that this is just one more thing that they have. Oh, but as... I mean socially. I mean legally speaking. Like, I know, for oh, example, right now, right, there's right, a right, lot right, of right. hurdles. Yeah, in Spain, at least, there's a lot of hurdles for, Amer for British people now. There's, like, a yeah. lot. Like, if you think it's complicated being a, a EU citizen in, in the UK, being an ex, a UK expat in Spain right now is hell. 
Uh, and that's just the country that I'm more connected with, so I, I cannot even imagine what's going to be for them. I also know that there's going to be a lot... It hasn't happened yet, but it's because there's been a lot of hurdles, like Partygate and now the war and everything. But I know that a lot of rich people are going to get richer because we're going to get a lot of, of American products. A lot. And we're not going to get a lot of jobs because things are going to be getting done in America and they just brought here. So there's not going to be more money for the working class as it was promised. These are all just predictions of mine, but I think you're going to start seeing Twinkies and Gatorades and more chemicals now that we're not going to be tied to the EU health standards, which I know it's going to take a while. It's not going to be the, from day to night, but that, that is my prediction. And eventually we might regain some of the power and this might just be blindly optimistic as well, but I do think that maybe in about 30, 40 years, if there is another referendum, we might actually vote to rejoin. Yeah, again, very pessimistic and optimistic uh, at the same time. Um, I, I, I find that funny, but uh, but relatable. So yeah, I, I, do, I do know what you mean. Um, I mean, if when thinking about the 2020s and i think it is good for us to be making these predictions because we can you know whether that's on a podcast form or whether that's just recordings that we're uh, showing our kids or when they're listening to these um, but hearing about our predictions for the 2020s and hearing how wrong we were or how right we were i think it's going to be really funny for anyone listening to these in the future so here's here's my take on what it's going to look like um I think that there is one way for the UK to massively be benefited from Brexit, uh, but that way is currently unlikely to happen, and that way would be if the EU um, breaks apart. So if the EU breaks apart, then the UK, because they left early on, and because they, they are already established, then I think that the UK will benefit massively. Now, the reason is uh, uh, why I think that's unlikely is precisely because of the conflict with Ukraine. Because I think that the conflict with Ukraine actually united and actually created a lot of unity in the European Union. So I thought that maybe like a year ago, two years ago, I would think, you know, there's some talks about some countries of leaving the EU, you have the problem with Hungary, uh, you have a, a few years issues there now with uh, everyone uh, uh, united because of Ukraine I think like actually I think that the EU might hold for a little while definitely for the 2020s um, yeah, also sorry to interrupt but I no, just no, go to for say it. something before I forget another reason why Brexit was easier for people to swallow is because we're breaking out of the EU but we have the Commonwealth so we certainly had some trading partners assured so even though it might not be the same, people were like, oh, it's not like we're going to be stranded. We have Canada, we have Australia, we have New Zealand, we have the Caribbean. So that's also another thing that is a quote-unquote advantage for breaking out of uh, an precisely. organization that we have an organization already. Precisely, precisely. So, no, I completely agree. And and uh, uh, the other countries don't really have that. So I think that exactly. if the European Union were to break up, then uh, I think that, you know, the UK would have would definitely have a leg up. Uh, but as I said, I think that that's unlikely, at least for the 2020s. Um, I think that we're going to continue to have shortages on items. 
um, uh, in terms of supermarket, etc. Especially because some items will simply not be imported. Uh, especially like for me, not so, for you, it's slightly different because the items that you're used to or that you would really want to have are from Mexico and either they're already hard to get or it won't be harder after Brexit. But for items from Portugal, it probably will be a little bit harder yeah. or more expensive. Um, I think that the UK is going to suffer for the first half of the 2020s. I think it's going to recover in the second half of the decade. But again, is that because of Brexit? Is that because of the pandemic? Is that because of something else? Hard to say. Um, and my personal plan and what I'm looking to do in terms of uh, avoiding this is that I am looking to get the nationality, uh, the British nationality. I've been here long enough. And uh, for me, that's just another assurance. And people say, people say to me, oh, but, you know, what if they strip you of your nationality? Okay, so first of all, it's a lot easier to strip someone of a settled status than it is of a nationality. And second of all, if the UK gets to the point where they're stripping people of their nationalities after people already had their nationalities, like, I don't want to be in that country anymore. You know what I mean? Agreed. We would have to be in an authorit incredibly authoritarian state, like a, a proper massive dictatorship for people to be taking away nationalities like that would be over the line you know what i mean so at that yeah, point dystopian. i definitely yeah dystopian i definitely don't want to be in that country anymore you know so if they get to that point of stripping nationality uh, then you know uh, I'll, I'll be out um so uh, um so yeah that's 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 what i'm looking uh, at the future looking like with brexit over these next uh, decade uh, but we'll see We'll see. We could yeah. be wrong. Um, I'm sure we'll revisit these at some point and uh, we'll uh, laugh uh, or cry about the predictions we made. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And yeah, basically that's, like you said, we don't have a crystal ball, so it's just an educated guess. So we'll, we'll see how it develops. But it turns out that the topic wasn't as short as we thought. We're almost a, a regular length by this point, so I think it's a a good point to to cut it on our on our predictions. Uh, yeah, so I think so. I guess it's just looking forward to see what happens. You know. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Just seeing what will happen. But I think you know, going to the uh, size of the to to the length of the uh, episode, uh, it was a little bit shorter, uh, but close to what we normally do. Um, but I think it's good. I think we we have an okay length. Um, yeah. So, um, so about the podcast. Obviously, this is now the first uh, weekly episode, um, and you can uh, follow us on social media. We'll uh, be in the places that you would look out for us. I, I, I think we'll be in pretty much all of them or most of them. Um, you. What we would like to ask you is if you can write to us about your experience with Brexit. So we've talked a lot about. Uh, we talked a lot about some of our experiences uh, with uh, Brexit and, uh, uh, you know, where we were, how did we react, how it affected us. And what we would like to hear from you is 
you know, how did it affect you? Uh, whether you are a British national or whether you are also a foreigner as we are, what we want to uh, hear from you is how did it affect you? Where were you? What was your reaction? Um, uh, what did you think of it uh, initially? And I think at this point it's fair to say that we do have already an email, so you can send us an email with your opinion, with your co uh, with your information, with your answers. Uh, at uh, you can contact us on uh, contact uh, at foreignersandfathers.com. That's right. We you want uh, to repeat that, mate? <laughs> I will want to repeat it, but it's right. We uh, splurged it out and we got an official domain. So it's contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, -T, and then at foreignersandfathers.com. So foreigners and fathers are read, all written out, no ampersand. So foreigners, uh, the, the word foreigners, the word and, and the word fathers.com. Uh, it will also be in the description. Uh, of the episode so you can find it there and we would really like to uh, listen from you what we are planning to do and uh, i'm saying we're planning to do i haven't actually mentioned this to you bruno but i was thinking about it earlier and i think you'll agree if not we'll stop this recording now and then we'll come back to it after we have an argument but uh, <laughs> uh what we will do is we'll probably collate some of the questions from previous episodes and from this episode and then we might do a like a special episode where we just go over some of the comments and questions uh, from our listeners uh, as we get a decent amount Perfect. of Perfect. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm also glad you agree. a good way to, to gauge if we actually have an audience. If you guys are listening to this in the future, it's been like 25 episodes and we still don't do a Q&A episode. It's because no one is listening to us and they haven't sent questions. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, exactly. I started about talking about that. If you are listening in real time, this is the first episode that you won't be able to go to the next one immediately. Oh, that's Unfortunately, true. Unfortunately, we'll have to wait for a week. I know it's going to be an excruciating pain, but I know you'll get <laughs> through it. And if you are listening to this and, and you can listen to the back catalog, consider yourself lucky. You can just press next and hear the new episode straight away. Right now, we're still on our schedule of releasing an episode weekly. So we're, we'll see you here in a week. As always, like Pedro said, we're on social media and it's time for my shameless self-plug. I haven't done it in months, but I have a Twitch channel. It's Mariachi Viking. I, when I have the time, I stream some video games there. And uh, so if you wanna come around, that'll be lovely. And for my part, again, this has been Bruno. This is the Foreigners and Father podcast and I bid you all farewell. Brilliant. Thank you, Bruno. Thank you so much for your time again, just, uh, for speaking with me uh, for, you know, this recording. Um, we'll speak again soon, I'm sure. And for all your listeners, next uh, week's episode should be on uh, how we met our significant other. So if you want to hear a sappy story, tune in uh, next week where we'll talk all about it. Probably not all, but we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, so stay tuned to hear about it. And uh, uh, goodbye. Have a very good week. Enjoy. Bye. Thank you, my friend. Bye. <laughs>